Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day. So for today, we have an incredible guest today. He is known as the Zen Master to Digital Marketers by Forbes. He is a renowned business strategist. He's a global keynote speaker. He's an executive trainer and coach. And he is a two-time best-selling author and Forbes contributor and is the CEO of H2H Companies, which is an executive coaching company. And he's the co-owner of Pure Matter, which is a Silicon Valley marketing agency founded in 2001, which earned a spot as one of the fastest growing companies by the Silicon Valley Business Journal. So let's welcome Brian Kramer. How are you doing today, Brian? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. And Brian, I'd like to get started, but ask you to, you know, please share your story. How did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur? Oh, um, how I get started. Uh, you know, I worked for uh, I worked for uh, agencies growing my my uh, background right out of college and um so i started i think i've worked for three agencies um one was a consulting firm and um and just learned learned um my way up uh, bottom from the bottom up and um in every position possible uh and um then when uh the last consulting firm that i worked at um it created a an opportunity to have my own uh, kind of balance sheet and and build a build a team and revenue and all that kind of good stuff and and when they had sold to um, to a, a, a public company um, it, I knew it was time to start venturing out on my own I had met my then girlfriend now wife who also had her own company at the time and so we got to got uh, not only together and but also in in business and and combined efforts and launched our own uh, company and and grew it uh, up I think up until uh, it's 25 years now um, so that's one of the companies that we started uh, together and, and and the first company that we started together awesome so you've been doing this for 25 years right now so basically uh, the the business that business yes yes mm -hmm. right you've you've done a whole bunch of other different things I know you already know a bunch of a whole bunch of different things. So you started it off with your then girlfriend, which is now your wife, and uh, basically you had to do it because uh, the last year you had built your own team, and then when it was being sold, uh, you realized you need to start looking else. And I think that's what happens to a, a lot of people. You know, they're doing something, they're very happy, and then all of a sudden something happens. And uh, sometimes, and when you have this adverse, that's when you start to start looking for other things. Yeah, you know, I could, it, it wasn't a matter of like, um, they were booting me out. It, it wasn't a, uh, I didn't need to leave. Um, I was very content. And I have, I was with my mentor, actually, who I'm still friends with today, um, who, uh, you know, he, I, I worked for him in my first job. Um, so uh, it was just a matter of, I think it was just, it gave me a moment in time to decide it was, it was time for me to go start my own business. Got it. I see. And 
and you mentioned you you have a mentor and I find in my experience is that the importance of a mentor cannot be overemphasized. And there are a lot of entrepreneurs listening here and some may not have a mentor or thinking about getting one. Can you tell me how valuable it was having that mentor, you know, for your career? Oh, it was, yeah, I have, um, you know, a board of advisors, um, in inner circle, if you will, of people that I go to. So it's not just, um, the one and they all serve a purpose for different things. Uh, so it depends on what I, what, what I need help with. And I go back to, uh, each one for different things and it's invaluable. Um, it, 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 it shortcuts the amount of time that I could spend on, um, having to, pursue something that might not be worth the time, or it gives me a, a place to, um, you know, just have a good conversation uh, and, and a deep conversation over something that I feel comfortable sharing some things that I wouldn't otherwise with other people. And, um, and then I can come to some better uh, conclusions. Um, and, and so, you know, that's also what I, you know, also love doing with, uh, people now with, uh, you know, others is, is coaching them on that same, uh, platform. But uh, I think it's invaluable to have someone that helps others to pull them up and, and show them what's possible. No, absolutely. And I totally agree with you on that. It, it, and you mentioned it saves you a lot of time and a lot of hassle because you try to figure out everything on your own. It's going to be very frustrating, be very stressful. It could take you many, many years. But having someone, whether it's a mentor, a coach, or in your case, also a board advisor can be so helpful because they can give you so many answers to things that you don't know about, and it can be so beneficial to you. It made me think about something uh, I read in Think and Grow Rich, where Henry Ford was being challenged as to how educated he was. So, and so uh, he, he started his libel lawsuit against this guy who was saying he was uneducated. And so during the during the trial, he was, the guy was cross-examining, and he was asked, the lawyer was asking all kinds of questions. And finally, Henry Ford says, I, why, you know, I don't need to know the answer to all these things. All I need to do is push a button. I can call someone up, and he'll give me the answer to anything I need. So I don't need to know every single thing in my head. I have all these advice, all these people that can tell me all I need to know and get it done. So, And so it, that made me realize that how important it is just to have people that can help you on all these things. So advisors, employees, all, all kinds of uh, people that can help you on your journey. So I think it's very important. Now, I'd like to ask you a, a question. One of the things you have is called H2H. You mind talking a little bit about that? Uh, sure. That's, um, well, it's my first book. Uh, and it's the, um, it's the, the, uh, the entire philosophy is that there's no B2B or B2C. It's H2H. Uh, human to human. Um, I uh, first, uh, the book came out in 2014. And I spoke about it at Bloomberg West, which, which um, in their office with, um, uh, a, at a, I gave a keynote uh, there for the, for the first time when, um, you know, CMOs and digital marketers were in the audience, and they loved the concept I had up on the screen in the middle of my presentation. And at the, you know, they tweeted it and Instagrammed it and it got over 124 million uh, um, engaged uh, posts. Um, and, and over the next week, it just globally, it just caused a lot of, um, 
a lot of engagement. And so it got to the point where uh, we turned around and turned it into uh, what I've been writing about for years um, and talking about for years, which is human to human. Um, and so that that really uh, started a um, a way of being. People, uh, you know, then they thought that, uh, you know, there was only one way that people could could speak to uh, companies, and that's to write them a letter or to submit a uh, a form. But now, you know, you can go on social media and actually publicly say something and that changed the, the whole way of business um, and businesses had to reacclimate themselves too so now all of a sudden it doesn't matter if you're a business to business or a business to consumer everyone can talk to everyone and uh and that changed the paradigm forever so now it's table stakes a little bit although companies don't really get it um as much as they should uh now we're at the point now where the inflection is heading into automation um, we've audit we've tend to over automate and um, create you know too much uh, automated email and um, bots and now there's artificial intelligence and machine learning and virtual reality and augmented reality and the list goes on and what's going to happen over time is um, especially just even in the pandemic it pulled us all into remote working and now we've been pulled away from connection with human beings and so um you know the future of work is forever changed. Now our human to human um, desire for that connection has increased exponentially. And um, I believe in the next two years uh, that there's going to be a radical shift in what happens and how that happens. And so the work is constantly evolving and uh, and it should because we're such a humans are 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 unique. We're we're special. We're we're not one one version, one way, one one uh, you know, formula. We we all have a different um, uniqueness to us, and so I find it fascinating in how we're going to be human to human in the next few years. Yeah, no, you're right. Over the last several years, a lot of things have changed. You know, with technology, everything, you know, the pandemic, the way people are interacting. A lot of people are on Zoom calls all the time, and and I think you mentioned something. You know, people, uh, I think people also miss the human to human interaction. I mean, since we're not having talking here we're, we're on the zoom which is nice but i i i had dinner with some of my ex-coworkers when i was in the corporate world and and we and i was talking about it was, it was just so nice to meet in person and they said this is much better than the zoom call because there's something about being with another person having that social yeah. interaction live and people need that they miss that and i and you know you you know so you know i, I you look at companies you know a lot, a lot of you know they have people working remotely for a long time now they're bringing them back slowly maybe one day a week two days a week and I think people enjoy going back into the office. They may not enjoy the commute, but they're enjoying seeing their coworkers and their friends. So, yeah, so business yeah. have to uh, you know, figure out, you know, they, they can't lose that. And you mentioned, you know, over-automating bots, AI, virtual reality. I, I know sometimes when I'm interacting with people, say Facebook Messenger, I could tell when they're sending me a bot, like say it's from ManyChat or one of those other things. And they kind of frustrate me. I, I, I want to talk to a real person. So yeah. one of the things that I'd like to ask further, and, and also just to you know, get further um, your thoughts on this, but also how can we be more authentic in our social interaction? Because I can see a lot of times I'm talking to people, I can tell some of the things I get from their cut and paste messages <laughs> that they're getting from someone, they're probably sending it to 25 other people and that loses me and I know it loses a lot of other people. So how can we be more authentic when we socially interact on you know, social media, for example? Um, well, in other, in other you know, places, 
Yeah. I mean, uh, authenticity comes from, um, from uh, two, two different things. One, one, it comes from being empathetic. Um, when, when you are empathetic for another person, they, they can sense it and understand it and, and they know where you're coming from. Um, and then the, the other one is, um, uh, is, is how sim simple the simplicity of the approach. And, you know, we tend to make things complex and when, um, when it's a complex, uh, uh, non-empathetic, um, approach, uh, then you can you can almost see it a mile away. That's not a very human approach. And so when we're, we tend to see that in automation, when you see an automated email, it looks very complex and it looks very imperfect or, or uh, sorry, uh, um, in not empathetic. And so um, that's where it goes wrong. I think when you can start to really shape, what would I actually say to this human being? Uh, it's oftentimes completely flipped around from what is actually being said. Um, I, we just don't talk like uh, like that when you see what's being said. It's it, it's normally um, you know each person is different, and you have to ask yourself, what would I actually say um, if I were going to talk to this this person? And and um, you know it's that that would be the question I'd ask myself. Uh, that's a very good point you bring up there. And I like the fact so about the more it comes to being empathetic and how simple is the simplicity. And don't make things too complex because super complexity is not human. I can tell you, sometimes I get this long email, it's about two pages, and I can just tell this person is not writing, like you said, it's the way he would talk to someone else. And and and, and I like I could and people tell me when when I when I message when I write people when, when I write them an email they say I, I sound like the way I would talk to them because I just the way I am because I'm really trying to have a conversation going. I find that when people uh, people when they normally text they, they're really that's the way that, you know very often they're just saying hello they're talking more human I think when they text and sometimes when they craft this big email so it seems like texting communication sometimes seems to be more human than regular email yeah. communication would you agree? Yeah, yeah, uh, right, exactly right. Um, you know, you you have to look inward and ask yourself that. Um, what would I, how would I communicate? What would I do? Um, and people want to talk to people. They don't want to talk to a, a faceless company. Uh, they want to know there's a name behind it and, a, and an individual. So the more that we can create this understanding that it really is, and we really do buy from other individuals, um, the easier it's going to get. Uh, the, the harder we make it is when you start to just, uh, you know, uh, make either no reply at all, or you put in, um, you know, uh, a response that looks uh, heavily guarded and, and not very, um, not very, you know, um, uh, sen uh, sensitive to the fact that this this could make or break your brand in this human touch point that you have this one moment uh, to really help another individual. No, absolutely, and I think no matter what industry you're in, whether you're you're, you're representing yourself, your company, uh, a business opportunity, people are buying you. You're the you're the face of whatever you're representing. And if they, they're not comfortable with you, if they don't trust you, you know, you know, people talk about the no like and trust factor. If you don't have that in your communication, I, I don't, I don't, 
I don't care how great your product is or what your service, people are probably going to say no because they want that human drive to say, I, I understand this, but I jive with this person. This person understands me. This person cares about me. And I think that's something I think a lot of people need to uh, understand. Would you agree? I would totally agree. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. All right. So, um, and this goes on to another thing like fast. You talked about the fact that businesses that participate in conversations have advantages over the ones that don't. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, businesses have advantage over the businesses. Uh, one of the things you, you mentioned is that businesses that participate in conversation have a big advantage over the ones that oh. don't. I think this ties into what yeah. we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it, it glipped out on my end. Um, the uh, yeah, so so um, uh, there's a lot of different uh, ways that businesses can participate in uh, di different conversations. I um, I really love it when when uh, organizations allow for their employees to be social and to show them how that you know to show them what's possible, what can they do, how can they share. Um, you know, it's it's always great when you see um, you know like for instance, like if I ever tweet, you know that I have a question with an Adobe product. Strangely, I get like replies back from Adobe employees. And they actually help out, and so you know they allow their their workforce to to be social, and it's not in their it's not in their description. It, it, you know these are engineers or they're people that work there that don't necessarily didn't sign up for a customer service, and yet they're um, replying back and helping out. Um, so you know participating in the conversation doesn't always mean. Um, you know, that just the company handle has to be the only voice um, and that it's just spouting off, uh, you know, one, two, three messages a, a week because that's what you have to do to be social. A social conversation is, um, or any conversation is when it's it's mutual, when it goes back and forth. And when it, one person's done, the other person speaks up. That's a conversation. And so, um, you know, allowing a brand to have a conversation in whatever form that means, and, and not just on social, that could be over email, that could be over the phone, that could be over, um, uh, you know, a me messenger, that could be in any form possible, um, but allowing it to take part and seeing how it can uh, progress, especially over omni-channel right now when everything's so like, uh, you know, People are traveling across different channels to have conversations. We can uh, allow that to happen, and, and brands can really activate that uh, in wonderful ways now. Absolutely. I like the fact you mentioned social conversation needs to be mutual. And I like the example you gave of the Adobe employees. Like, you know, you ask a question, and these guys are engineer, they're engineers, and they didn't sign up to do customer service, but they're taking the, the time to interact with you and answer your questions. And I can only imagine how good they made you feel because they made you feel appreciated, cared for, that you matter to them, that you're important. And when a company has people who are not necessarily customer service, but they're doing extra customer service, doing that extra set, giving them that extra value, that just makes them feel more appreciated and makes them more loyal to the brand. And I would assume it makes you more likely to tell people like you just saw me on the interview, you know, yeah. share with other friends. So you know, those little things make a huge difference. So, yeah, that, that's a wonderful point to share. 
Uh, next thing I want to ask you about is something you talk about addressing getting rid of false preconceptions. Would you mind not uh, talk a little bit more about that, please? I don't, I, you know, it's funny. I'm having a human imperfect moment um, again. Can you say the, the question one oh, more sorry. time? I'm sorry. I'm from New York, so I speak very quickly. So I apologize. The one of the things you talk about, Brian, is, is the importance of addressing and get rid of, getting rid of what are called false preconceptions. So I'd like you to just talk a little bit more about getting rid of the false preconceptions and addressing them. Oh, well. Uh, different ways. The the biggest thing that, um, you know, this is kind of a leadership thing and not just a marketing thing. Um, and, uh, and, and the biggest thing that we need to remember is that we as humans all have assumptions. Um, and those assumptions are, are killers. They, they, they kill us in leadership positions. They kill us in, in our relationships uh, in life. And assumptions are uh, something that we can, we have a chance to spot as blind spots, and we can take them and do something with them by solving them with better communication. Um, you know, so uh, not making it about you, not making it about ego, but making it about uh, solving for uh, clear, clearing an assumption and clearing false pretenses. Um, being more uh, open to communication channels so that you can then get to the heart of what matters most. Um, that's what's going to raise up, uh, you know, the, the best kind of company is when you can open up uh, communication and, and solve for uh, all the assumptions that live in teams of people and, and customers and customer conversations that are going on not understanding um, what what's happening between the customer and the the uh, client or the product relationship. No, I totally agree. With that. I thought that was an excellent answer. I mean, our assumptions are killers, and it can just destroy it. it destroy your business in so many different ways. So you need to be open and just learn more, and just you know have more honest communication, find out more about what's going on, and then you can resolve so many different issues. So no, I totally agree with John that. Um, another thing you talk about is something uh, is that a marketer's job is that it's so much more important in the AI uh, age. You want to talk a little bit more about why is it more important, you know, being a marketer in the in this uh, artificial intelligence age, virtual reality age, or over automated age. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's now there's crypto and blockchain and um, which lends itself into communities um, and, uh, you know, marketing and sales and all kinds of stuff. So uh, what does that mean for um, uh, especially AI, which most AI, by the way, is machine learning. It's not actual AI. Um, once it starts to learn on its own, that's AI. Um, most of what we see is machine learning when it's actually just doing the thing we told it to do. Um, it gets a little more scary when it starts to actually, uh, like for instance, Facebook's, um, uh, uh, they had a program, I think it was in their uh, testing their messenger um, and they and, and um, their program actually started talking to its, itself in its own, created its own language. And then it started uh, talking to itself in that language and they had to shut it down. That's AI. Um, so we throw AI around um, as something that 
is, um, you know, uh, that 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 ma that matters or that's really important, and it really does only if we use the light side of what that means, and that means that it gets me to a uh, relationship or to another human being um, to have more time to have more conversation, to have more um, uh, more um, uh, engagement faster. Um, the quality of how much time we have with each other right now is, um, is up to us. But if we can use AI as a tool to bringing us together faster and easier, then I believe that it's a great tool for all of us to be using. But if we're using it and it's starting to, again, detract from, and we're, we're using it more as an automated approach to try and be farther apart from a real relationship so that we can see how many sales we can get without having to have any relationship or have any customer service or have any HR or have any operations or have any uh, project management, that is not good for anyone, especially after seeing what it did in the pandemic of us not having connection with each other. It's just not good health-wise. And it's also not good and has been proven in research and data that ideas come from be us being in person. And AI cannot generate ideas. They can't be innovative. We can be innovative. And if for us to actually be innovators, we've got to be in person. Uh, I thought you brought up some great points there. Number one, uh, it's you know, AI, you can utilize it to bring people together, but if you use it to automate people and just, uh, just reach out with this automation to just get busy, try to get as many people to sign up with you and buy for you as possible, it's gonna destroy relationships and uh, there's gonna be less human interaction. That's gonna destroy your business in the long run. And it's not good health wise. Yeah. And you mentioned ideas come from people being in person. People are innovative. Machines are not innovative. People are innovative. And when you interact with people like the mastermind group, for example, or you're interacting with people, you often come up with innovative and creative ideas. So and I'm glad you stressed so much the human element because I think a lot of people out there think that all they need to do is send out these messages a lot of times they're cut and paste. They use these bots, and it's it's not going to work. And I can tell you straight off, Mike, and you know this better than me. Uh, the the higher you're charging, you know, high ticket items, the more you need the human interaction. No one's going to give you ten thousand dollars if you send them an email. They need to talk to you in person on a Zoom call or on a phone call. They need to hear your human voice. They, they need to figure out. And I trust this person. This this person really going to help me with this. So. Uh, human interaction is still important, and I think uh, I like the fact you keep stressing that because it, it, the more human interaction you have, the better in the long run it will be for your business. And that goes to our next question, uh, something we talk about. It's called the human marketing funnel. Would you like to talk a little bit more about what that is? Did you say human marketing funnel? Yes, sir. Human marketing funnel. Oh, okay. So talk a little bit more about that. Where did you pick that up? I, I speak about a lot of these things for the last 10 years and I don't yeah. know. And uh, I, I just, I say things. This, this is from your profile, so yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, how funny. Um, so uh, that's wonderful. And and, um, and I, because sometimes I talk about things in my, in shareology and it means one thing and then in HH, it means a different thing. So I'll cover the two mm -hmm. um, in both books. Um, uh, the context of what you just asked is 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 um, is um, like the difference of 
a uh, email marketing campaign that is an actual what we call a funnel. You might call it an email sequence, um, what, whatever you want to call it. And what I'm talking about here is actually building uh, relationships that then um, uh, starts to peel the the onion. Um, it goes back to you know communications 101 in the first class we learned for any marketing students out there that you know are. Uh, communication students, like when you peel the onion, you get to the soft core center, same thing happens in, in real life. And so, you know, at, you, you, you want to peel the onion over time with people and get to know them more over time. And the more that you do that, then, um, you know, the easier it gets to get to, to trust each other. And trust is at the center of, of all business being able to work, uh, um, you know, in harmony for everyone to want to work together. Plus, we want to work with people that we know, like, and trust. And um, and that just happens over time. It's not something that you you can get um, right away, uh, or at least it's harder to get right away. And so when, when you start to look at it more as a, a, a marketing, uh, a human kind of uh, funnel, uh, although I changed the verbiage now from years ago into a human um uh, human de, uh, to human uh, uh, um, uh, relationship, really, and how to build it out, then it's it really breaks down to the three three different categories. And that is um, awareness, uh, connection, and intimacy. Um, and and those are the those are the categories that we go through in that that human funnel. Um, awareness is they don't know who you are, um, and they just, um, you know, just became of who you are. That's awareness. Number two is connection. You now want to connect and introduce and meet each other and get to know each other, understand each other more um, and see what's there. Uh, and then intimacy is into me, you see. That's getting into a deeper relationship and really uh, finding a way then to see uh, see how to work together and, and, and um, taking that relationship uh, to a proposal or an estimate or a, uh, a a project or a job or or whatever's in in the next phase. So those are the three um, three categories that live within within that human funnel. And and um, and it it's a much um, it's a much more complicated process because we have to actually do it ourselves. We can't just go set a bot off and and do that. But there are things that we can put in place, processes and systems that make it a lot easier. And so then that makes it, you know, humans and technology working together to make that happen. Exactly. Humans and technology working together. One of my mentors taught me a long time ago, Technology is an enhancer, not the answer. It's supposed to aid you and help you, but it's not supposed to take over everything. And I love what you just shared there. Building the relations, peeling the onion, getting to know the person better, building that trust because trust is at the center of all the business. And it helps develop that, you know, you got to develop the know, like, and trust factor focused on the human. And I love that awareness, connection, and intimacy, those three steps. You know, you, get, you need to know who you are, you then they connect with you into me, you see, build that deep, deep relationship because when you build the more deep relationships you have, uh, the more successful you'll be in any of your businesses. So I, I love the fact you shared so much about the importance of human relationships because I think a lot of people forgetting it in this digital age and, and too many people are focused on too many bots and messages and automated messages, especially in the beginning, are not gonna help you. 
people need to know who you are. Don't hide behind the wall. Don't hide behind the screen. Let them share your vulnerability with the person. Share who you are. Let them get to know you because most of the time people are going to like you. There are going to be some people no matter what. They're just not going to like you and you'll never be able to do business with a lot of people. Else. So listen, Brian, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a real pleasure. I love all the great wisdom and value you shared. You shared a lot of great steps. I know the people listening to this podcast are going to get a lot of value out of it. And before I let you go, Brian, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Oh, yeah. The best way is actually um, to, well, you can email me directly, Brian uh, with a Y at briankramer.com. So that's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K dot com. And um, so that's if you want, that's one way. And then another is just going to my website, uh, briankramer.com. And, um, you know, I've got my newsletter and um, lots and lots of content and uh, all of my great. Uh, um, uh, uh, actually, I've got a human coin there. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you get five dollars in in free human coin. Uh, it's a cryptocurrency, but it actually, you can trade it in for cash if you want, or you can use it and it gives you access to, um, to stuff that you can, you can get or purchase or trade in. And it's really neat. Some, some rewards and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, briankramer.com or, um, Brian at briankramer.com. Okay. So awesome. So can you email Brian or you can also go to his website, sign up for that newsletter and get $5 in the human coin, the cryptocurrency. Again, Brian, thanks so much for being on the show. Have yourself an amazing day. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.